0: everyone, and welcome to episode 386 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Zafron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard?
1: Hey Seth, doing well. Celebrated my first Father's Day. It was exciting. Oh, right. Happy
0: Father's Day. Yeah, that's that's super exciting. Yeah. Uh, Did you guys do anything special or uh, just kind of do stuff around the house?
1: barbecued with some friends and, uh, nice yeah I, I gotta wait a couple of years for my son to get old enough to get free gifts yeah i want i want a drawing him.
0: to put on my fridge is, these are life goals <laughs> oh. or just some magic cards just tell him tell him what john staples you need ragavan or something uh, I'll, I'll, give a, I'll, I'll ask him to reinterpret Tarmagoyf art for me <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, we also have another co-host in grim good morning grim how are you today
2: Oh, great. I'm great. Uh, you just, just came in, like, piping hot from, like, driving, uh, back from, uh, Northern California. So, feeling good? Feeling loose? How you doing?
0: <laughs> doing well good. good to have you back so today we're gonna be jumping around a bit we have uh, a bunch of topics double masters 2022 of course gonna be topic number one there's some interesting black lotus news some tournament announcements some arena data on what formats are seeing the most play in a conversation around that and of course answering some fish mail questions so that is the plan for today before we get into it though a reminder that our show today is brought to you by card conduit and we've been telling you about card conduit a great way to sell your magic collection and their curated shipment service that lets you sell your valuable cards with a reduced service fee for quite a while now. As long as your cards have a retail value of at least $2, you can send in as many as you want and still just pay a 5% service fee. And like with all of Card Conduit services, you don't got to sort your cards, you don't got to grade your cards, you can just skip over all those hassles and just safely package everything up and ship it out and you'll even get a detailed report with the results. So you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%, and you can even get another 10% off if you head over to CardConduit.com slash MTG Goldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest ways to sell your magic cards, so thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic. Let's start with <sighs> never-ending spoiler season. It's happening <laughs> again. We're in Double Masters 2022 spoilers. It's a huge set. It's got a ton of cards in it. I don't think there's any point in doing a traditional spoiler podcast because it's all reprints. That's a whole gimmick of a master set. But I did really want to get uh, your guys' impression of this set. We got a pretty good chunk of it. We have this spreadsheet that we're tracking EV and also how much of the set has been previewed. And we're at like 57% of mythics, 41% of rares. So we've gotten, let's say half the set so far. What do you guys think? What's your initial impression of double masters 2022? Let me let me let me give a quick uh, heavy
1: hitter breakdown here. I'll, I'll list some of the expensive cards since you know we we should kind of know what the cards are. Um, that makes sense. But let, let's go over cards that are first. We'll go over cards that are fifty dollars plus, and then maybe twenty dollars plus. Um, so we have Ren Six clocking in at sixty bucks. Imperial Seal mega expensive. Uh, now it's reprinted back to a hundred. Dockside at 50, Cavern of Souls, 65, Mana Vault, 60. Uh, And then I guess the next tier of cards, uh, Consecrated Sphinx, $40. Like, when when did that happen? Yeah, Uh, Bitter Blossom, 40, Crucible of Worlds, 40, Seasoned Pyromancer, 45, Teferi's Protection, 35, Uh, Sensei's Divining Top, 35, Phyrexian Altar, which I missed earlier, 55. Uh, and then, I guess, $20 cards, like maybe Damnation, uh, Green Sun Zenith, uh, Liliana, The Last Hope at 15. So those are kind of the expensive cards that we've seen in the set so far
0: and I'll uh, I'll link the spreadsheet in the description and of course MTD previews if you want to see all the cards some of them do have some sweet new art especially the the borderless version so I'll link all that stuff in the description if you're watching this uh, on YouTube or head over to mtdpreviews.com if you're not if you want to see all that stuff so there's certainly a lot of expensive cards in the set. There's no doubt about that. Like the EV of the set right now, the average mythic value is over $31. The average rare value is almost $8 over seven fifty. dollars So just from a pure dollar and cent standpoint, about halfway through the set, the value is really good. There's a lot of high-end cards in this set. Although one thing that stuck out to me is It's very Commander-focused, and I know there's this, like, meme where every time we get, like, Modern Horizons or a Master's set, everyone says, oh, Commander Masters, eh." Most of the time, I disagree with that. In this case, this really does pretty much look like Commander Masters to me, like that huge list of cards. You read off, sure, there's a Ren in there, Uh Bear Blossom, I guess you can argue, is a Modern card, even though I don't really see much play at the moment. But really, (laughs) like... All the heavy hitters are commander cards, right? Like that seems to be the focus of the set.
2: One hundred percent, right? Like I, I, I agree. I mean, like it, it feels very commander focused. I mean, if Dockside Extortionist isn't a, a good sign of that, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 I did like some of the the reprints though, just for like you know the the pricing as we had mentioned, like Damnation and and like Season Pyromancer and stuff like that. Like these are all cards that I I, I welcome. I am worried though because. We got a good amount of the mythics, right? And we got a good amount of the rares. I'm hoping what's left is still going to be super solid and not a bunch of like random bulk. (laughs)
1: Because
2: there, there's now a chance where like the hay, like the haymakers have been revealed. Uh, you know, obviously to make it a little more like, (laughs) like loaded on, on, on spoiler season, but then the rest of the set could just be like, i don't know random rares that you didn't even know like existed or like is over a dollar even so i am a little bit worried about that
1: I, I think that's gonna happen um so the the so wizards decided to add like a gold theme to the set right so there's a lot of three and two color cards and a lot of the three color cards are from pre-cons like the original commander precons and whatnot and people in general don't play three and two color cards in modern and Legacy stuff like that and that is what's causing like the the mid end to the low end cards all look like commander cards right and it really gives off the vibe of a commander set whereas like at the very top end like you can make some argument that it's it's for older sets or, or for other formats right like run in six, Cavern of Souls, Alasaur, Shepherd, Season Pyro. Like, yeah, you would actually play that in a 1v1 format, but like the rest of the set is all like commander cards. And I think that's a problem. Like, where where this- do you I don't know, like like every set is a commander set now, right? Like, what if you wanted to play modern and you you needed a lot? Of modern reprints yeah they gave you like two but we need more than two right we need like a lot of them for modern to bring the price down right and if you don't put it in this set what are you gonna do right like so what they're gonna do and what they have done is they're gonna stick it into like commander legends right so that the modern player has to buy commander legends and end up with all these commander cards they don't want right and i don't know like i, I just there's, there's like one set like maybe i guess we get eternal masters and a, another modern masters right but something tells me Modern Master is going to be filled with, like, suspicious-looking commander cards as well. So, <laughs> I don't know. It feels like too much, I,
2: right? Like, every product is a commander product, right? Like, what about, you know, you wanted to play some non-commander formats? Is that not, was and, that not, like, known, though? Like, I mean, I, I figured it was already, that like, that way, and it was going to continue to be that way. I, I think my expectation was
1: there would be, like, a random Teferi's Pro or Dockside in here and not that, like you know 70% of the cards that you open will be for commander right like if you if you take a booster pack like most of the cards in there will be for commander
2: yeah i i mean
0: 100% i think part of what makes it so sp- Dark in this case is a lot of the cards just literally aren't legal in modern or pioneer. There's so many old commander pre con cards, and I'm glad that they're being reprinted. But you see, like, Gave, you see Aminatu, uh, <laughs> you see Arjun, you see Shatter Gang Bros. Like, a lot of these are Teferi's protection, dioxide Extortionist. A lot of these cards just have never been legal in formats like Modern or Pioneer. So I think that makes it very obvious that the cards are printed for Commander. Because some of the cards, if you see a, a random Eldrazi, you see an Ulamaga or something, sure, you're going to play in Commander, but you can at least make the argument, oh, you could play that in Modern. Even like Nicol Bolas Pharaoh, no one like seriously plays that hey. in Modern. But there's been people who have played like Five Color dags for memes. Like it's legal in the format and you can do things with it. But a lot of these cards just like literally aren't even legally be played in modern and i'm glad they're reprinting commander stuff that's great i have no no qualms with that like commander is the most popular format we need commander cards to get cheaper so i'm happy to see you know imperial seals and all these expensive cards get reprinted for commander players but i do have a concern that modern's really expensive right now and I was kind of holding out hope that this set was going to really help bring down the price, at least to some extent. And halfway through spoiler season, I'm kind of like, all right, like, ah, Cavern's going to get cheaper. That's nice. Season Pyromancer, I guess, like, that helps a few decks. But there's not really a ton that's like, okay, that's really going to bring down the cost of having a new player join the modern format. Or even an existing player, like, build a new deck in modern. I'm just not seeing a ton of stuff that's going to help that style of player, really.
2: I'm hoping fetches are still waiting to be (laughs) revealed. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, bad news here, I also said that like a day ago, and apparently they've been number crunched out of the set. So, well, no fetches. I'm still holding out hope that we get a good land cycle. Like even fast lands maybe are up to like $20 a piece. Yeah. I don't think we'll get shock lands, because we know we're getting them in uh, the unset in a few months. But a good land cycle that sees modern play would go a long way towards towards helping this, I think. Even maybe the horizon lands, the the that cycle are for those modern horizons fly? would be... No. They're, they're in the mid-teens or something, like, they're they're not super expensive, but, I don't know, they're, after Fetchlands, though, there's a big drop. Like, if we can't get fetch lands because they're crunched out, and they won't, I assume, do shock lands because they're coming in Infinity, like, oh, what's the next best option as far as a land lands. cycle that would really help Modern? Leg- Fastlands, it, it probably is Fastlands.
2: Yeah, because, like, aren't they, like, still, like, 20-plus or something? per.
0: Uh yeah, they're in the like $20, $25 range, somewhere around there. So yeah, enough that I know I've been building pioneer decks, and I used to be able to play some of them in budget decks, and now you cannot play any of them in budget decks. They're all way too expensive. And those would help pioneer too, which is yeah. maybe an upside even compared to uh compared to fetch lands, which would only really help modern and legacy. So fingers crossed for the land cycle. But I don't know if you compare it to like the first double masters, if you look at the cards that are the most expensive from that set. Yeah, there's Commander stuff, like Mana Crypt comes in at the top of the list, but there's also like Will, Mox Opal, the Sword Cycle, we got a whole bunch of swords, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Uh, so there was a lot, uh, Dark Confidant, Tarmogoyf, that style of stuff, so there's a lot more that, I don't know, Double Masters felt like a mixture to me of Commander stuff and like Eternal stuff for 60 card formats, Double Masters 2022 feels like a Commander set with a little bit of stuff, you know, tossed in for the Eternal players at this point, which, if Modern wasn't so expensive, I wouldn't be as worried about it. But, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little concerned. It's just hard to recommend new players getting to Modern at this point. Because the decks just cost so much money. And I'm not sure that Double Masters is going to be the the solution to that problem. Alright, I wanted to get your guys' opinions on the Borderless cards.
1: So, the, the Borderless cards in this set uh, all have new art. And that's the only place new art shows up in. And... What do you think about that? So the borderless cards only show up in the the infamous collector boosters, right? The four, the four. Mm-hmm. I don't believe so. No? I do, believe do they, they show get them up in as normal well, boosters as well. In normal at yeah. any significant quantity, or is it like a lotto card at that point? I-
0: so, I'm not 100% sure on the higher rarity stuff. I know in one of Wizard's articles, they mentioned the bounce lands in specific, uh, cause all the bounce lands are coming back with, uh, with the extended border or the borderless version. And they said one out of three. So, if you open a Dumir Aqueduct, one out of every three will be the, the borderless version, which seems like a kind of reasonable rate. Definitely not like masterpiece high rate. So, I'm assuming that that's going to be the rate for everything that one out of three upgrade to the, the borderless, which, isn't that bad and then collector boosters you get these like some sort of new foiling treatment that they've never done before and the only place you can get it is in collector boosters so there is exclusive stuff in the collector boosters but the borderless stuff is not just a collector booster exclusive
1: right but if you wanted to so so normally there are set boosters right and then there are draft boosters set boosters so set boosters usually have some of the special cards and then collectors have even more special cards Right. So in this case, if you're going after the borderless or the new foiling process or even the the foil etched, you want to go after collector boosters, right? The the super expensive ones. Now, previously, when we had like reprint sets, you would get new art randomly, right? Yeah. And now they're locked behind these higher tier cards. How do we feel about that? Because we've always said, like, okay, we want to make the cards as cheap as possible. Let's lock. The new art and the fancy art and all that stuff behind optional, more expensive things and let kind of the whales drive down the price for everyone else. And I think we're starting to see it in action here. Like, what do you guys think about this this kind of new art borderless stuff?
2: I think that's totally fine. Right. Like, as long as there is a cheap version of the card, I think that's all that matters. Uh, and and all the, I mean, I love new art. So like I'll be attention uh, like well, the whale that is gonna try to get the the fancy arts right, but but yeah like I otherwise all I think I care about if I were trying to go into the game for for budget would be that there is a cheap variant of it, and so if they reprint like, this into the ground with the basic art, that's fine.
0: I mean yeah I'm I'm also fine with art being like a a more exclusive thing. I will say the. The border of the art is really good. In a lot of cases, I think the border of the art's just like better than the original art. There's some just great pieces, especially. Oh, uh, did you see the Chaos War with Black yeah. Leo art coming back for the first time? They like, literally pulled him out of retirement to do art. He hadn't painted in years, so it's so cool. like some of the border of the art's just so good. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with there being a twenty-five dollar Chaos War because it's got really special, rare art. As long as there's a dollar Chaos War, so my concern is more just like. Are we getting enough reprints to make the game accessible? And I feel like we are for Commander, but not necessarily for other formats. But well, what do you think, Richard? Is it a bad thing to have all the new art be, be on these borderless cards that are going to be a little bit harder to find?
1: So I like the end game, but it it rubs me the wrong way because the base product didn't get any cheaper. You know, when, when, when we said like, oh, you know, let, let's lock expensive things. Be uh, you know the the premium things behind a more expensive pack there was some expectation that the the base product would get cheaper or something right because in old master sets we used to get new art Uh, now we don't anymore and it's been locked at a higher tier but rather than everything shifting down in price it all kind of just shifted upwards in price so while i agree with like the end game like this is what it should look like it feels kind of bad during this transition right because during previous season like one of the exciting things about uh, master set is the new art and now you know for sure they're locked behind more expensive cards uh, so I don't know I, I'm i I'm kind of mixed on this like I, I get what they're doing but uh, it feels bad like I, I wish they could drive the base price down more because it you know it's like is Dockside going to zero not really Dockside they reprinted it as <laughs> a mythic right and then now they made new Dockside art or whatever right or Raghavan sorry Raghavan or whatever right so
0: I don't know. It feels a bit weird, but I guess this is what it's going to be. And I should say there's a couple of exceptions. Dockside actually just straight up has new art, even on the normal version. And Imperial Seal, I believe, unless there's like a, yeah, uh, that also has new art. I was trying to check and see if there was like a Judge Promo or something. So there's two cards that the non-borderless version actually has extended art. But in general, you're right. There's there's hardly any new art in this set outside of uh, the borderless versions. What about no yeah, set boosters? I, I
1: do Krim, do you buy set boosters? No. <laughs> Normally?
2: No. Do no. you buy collectors? No. Oh, wait, wait. No, I buy the set boosters. Yeah. I don't buy no set the collectors.
1: set
2: Yeah, so it, first off, I'm not going to buy. It, like, unless I get, like, some gifts or something like that, or somebody hands me a booster. Because, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to buy the singles that I want uh like from this set. This set's a bit expensive, right? So I, if that's the case, I'm just going to buy exactly what I want.
0: I don't understand why they uh, exactly why they got rid of set boosters cuz set boosters is something that it feels like Wizards has been pushing really hard to the point where there's been rumors of them like getting rid of draft boosters outside of just having them for like events or whatever and solely focusing on set boosters as far as what people open. So it's definitely weird to me that this pretty collectory style set doesn't have set boosters so you either get draft boosters or you get the collector boosters and the collector boosters are really expensive they're 60 bucks a piece or something if you buy a booster box it's like 250 bucks for a four four pack box that we talked about a few weeks ago so i'm really not sure why that middle is left out like uh, i don't know do you have any theories on that richard like why would they not do set boosters for this set
1: they didn't want to make a six-pack booster box. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, that might be it.
1: It doesn't make any sense because, like Seth said, they're like, draft boosters are no longer a thing. Like, set boosters should be the default that everyone buys. And then the set has no set boosters. So I'm confused. Like And my, my guess is they don't want people... to make that meme like six-pack box or something, right? Like, that's the only way to make the math work. And they're like, this is a little weird. So no. And I guess... You know, collectors can just meme on the four-pack boosters, but we don't want normal people to meme on the set boosters. I have no idea.
0: Yeah, and I don't think anyone, like, if you're someone who buys set boosters, I don't think you're just going to upgrade and be like, oh, I'll get collector boosters this time around because the price is just... So huge. Like, set boosters are, what, slightly more expensive than draft boosters, but in the same range? This is just, like, magnitudes more expensive. So, I don't know. I guess if you're someone who doesn't want to spend ridiculous money on booster packs, I guess it's just draft boosters it is. Maybe they think... With having two rares and two foils in each pack, that the normal draft packs are exciting enough for people to open, even without all the, you know, the list and the other upsides and tweaks that come with set boosters. So maybe that's the theory, but definitely weird, because we always get set boosters these days. Also no commander precons. although <laughs> I guess that makes sense for a reprint set, that you're not going to make new cards and try to sell commander pre-cons, but... That's also a bit different.
1: All right, so we, we so, we've blamed Commander for not having the cards we wanted. What about Limited? Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait.
2: On that topic of Commander, though, I'm so I I was like glossing over Double Masters one, and it actually still looks very Commandery. Like give get like without Stone Forge and like a few of these things, it still looks pretty Commandery.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely. I think that where where I see the difference mostly is I feel like a lot of the cards that are commandery can also be modern cards in Double Masters 1, like swords and worm coil and things like that. When a lot of the, the cards in Double Masters 2022 are just like straight up you're only a commander card. Like, you cannot play it in modern or whatever. So, I don't know. I feel like there's, if you, I would have to actually like go through and crunch the numbers and be like, oh, what format does this see play in? What percentage of the sets for commander or otherwise? My guess is that if you did that, you would come up with commander being more heavily represented this time around. Not that there's nothing for modern, but I think compared to last time, I see it as having less for modern at least. But is that, is that not how you see it, Krim?
2: I mean, I'm starting to feel like, I mean, you have like Kalia, you have Atraxa, you have to- like, okay, well, I guess Legacy plays Toxic Deluge, but I don't know. I, It still looks kind of commandery, like pretty commandery.
1: I, I, the other way to look at it is like there are no iconic cards for the Eternal formats in this set. Right? Like the the older sets you had, like Tarmogoyf, Bob, Stoneforge, like kind of like the cards you associate with formats or very famous decks. Whereas we basically have Renin Six holding up everything, and maybe Cavern of Souls. Like you don't have kind of the iconic rares or mythics from like stable archetypes in the older formats. So maybe that's what's causing that feeling. Like that we don't see our favorite modern card or favorite legacy card or something like that. Or like, you know, like even like Brainstorm or you know some of the the lower rarity cards like we're not seeing those kind of cards
0: and I should also say I think it makes sense to print cards for commander like that I I don't think Wizards wrong to focus on commander just me as a modern player I'm like the format's so expensive like Wizards please like even if it's not your do something to like I don't know like how do you recommend someone buying a $1,500 deck if they're new to the format and I I don't know the answer to that and I love modern so I want to be able to recommend that to people we so any depressed. any other thoughts, Grim?
2: <laughs> oh no no, that, that, I'm just like still glossing over like comparing the two sets, and I mean yeah like <laughs> it it does not. It, we'll see once the full set is out, but for right now it still kind of just maybe maybe it is about a few of the iconic cards aren't here, right outside of red six like Richard had mentioned. Other than that, I mean.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It still feels pretty commandery, both sets, so... And I think the other challenge for Modern is a lot of what makes it expensive right now is mod- uh, Modern Horizons 2. And that set's so recent, I don't know if we can really expect reprints that soon. Like, traditionally, it takes a few years like we're starting to see modern horizons one stuff get reprinted now but i think it's probably too early for ragabans and urza sagas and evoke elementals so even if wizards nailed it with the reprints outside of like adding fetchlands or something ah maybe they just can't really get the cost of the format down that effectively because a big part of what's making it so expensive is modern horizons 2 cards that were just printed a year ago
1: totally off topic here but why can't they just reprint modern horizons 2 as is they're like here another print run go buy booster cases and boxes of modern horizons 2 like why don't they just do that
0: so i mean they they could and i think i'm trying to see what the Oh, I wish I remembered what the initial cost of a Modern Horizons box is. So, like, you can go and buy Modern Horizons booster boxes for $218 right now on Amazon. That is the that is the current price. It seems like there's as many as you want in stock. Uh, so maybe, maybe the answer is people just need to open more Modern Horizons 2 to get more of those cards in circulation. So... I don't know. I can't remember. I feel like it was a little bit cheaper than that when it first came out, but not like significantly cheaper than that. So maybe it still is in print. And that's why Wizards is not as worried about it.
1: I mean, basically all the value accrued into like these handful of cards and like, yeah, it's not because they appreciate it in price. It's kind of just like, that's it. You just open bulk or you open a lottery card.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of the concern is it really is concentrated in like 10 cards or something. Most of them at mythic. So that, even if you crack a box, there's a chance you get like that's $50 a big concern because when they
1: reprint these cards in the future, it'll be the same price. Right. Like you're basically saying Modern Horizons 2 is at MSRP right now. And this is what the price looks like. So when they reprint these cards in the future, like that's what the price is going to be still. So
0: I don't. Isn't this very concerning?
1: <laughs> like, like I don't know, right?
0: Like, <laughs> this seems very bad. Yeah. I mean, that that is a big concern. The cost of those cards for Modern Horizons 2 is a big concern. It, like, they, if they took the Evoke Elementals and put them in a double master set at rare or something, maybe that would, would be helpful. But, yeah, I think when it comes down to it it's probably going to require some sort of like rarity change to really get the supply out there for a lot of those cards like i think this is going to be a long a long-term issue i guess other way they could do it is secret layer drops maybe that's what they're working towards is here's your 30 dollar ragavan you know along with a couple of mountains or treasure tokens or something in a secret layer drop and that's a way that you can kind of lower the price Uh, it's a little bit of a a brute force way to do it but that would work like a, a evoke elemental secret layer drop would probably sell a ton of copies because people need those cards and wizards could like, sell them for cheaper than the market rate. I don't know if they'll do that, but that that would be a possibility. So before we move on from Double Master stuff, uh as we go through the second week of spoiler season, is there anything else that you're really really hoping for? Give me one card. If they could reprint one card in the second week of spoiler season that would make you happy, what would it be?
2: Uh oh.
1: <laughs> they they need to confirm <laughs> that my boy is not dead, that he's still <laughs> viable in eternal formats <laughs> by printing. <them. laughs>
0: I, plus, your your son needs a needs a model. Yeah, yeah, drawing. yeah. Some, some art to work. Remember that secret layer
1: where they had like children's drawings?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, I love that.
1: I'm yeah. waiting
2: for the next one. I'm gonna submit. <laughs>
0: i <laughs> it'll be
2: like a fingerprint that's all i could do that would be adorable and i, I, I like because let's be honest here i don't know what's going on in the original Tarmogoyf anyway so <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's like abstract no one knows yeah <laughs> it's fine. so i'm a okay with that but for me i i mean it, there's two cards that are already reprinted but i want new art of it Ooh, what what are those bitter blossom and Amanatu.
0: Ooh, those are those are very grim cards. Uh, Bitter Blossom. I think we would have seen the new art by now. I don't know. I think it seems like they put them all together. together. So
1: yeah, if you don't see the new art, it's not it's not happening.
2: Well, then that makes me extremely sad. Especially, well, there has to be something for Amanatu though, right? She's on the pack. She's on the pack, and it's not the artwork that's on the card. So I'm kind of sad. I don't know where it is. I'm hoping it gets revealed, uh, because it's either that or or I'm always I will always welcome. A brand new art of the God Pharaoh, always, or, or a new border, or, or or something. Just give me a new God Pharaoh. But if uh, of the cards that aren't already reprinted, although those are like technically what I want really bad, even though I don't think any of those cards are really all that expensive. Bitter Blossom is the most expensive thing that I want reprinted right now. <laughs> uh But yeah, like and Fetch Lands have been ruled out, so. I guess at this point now, I, I I think the thing that just off the top of my head is now Fastlands. I think Fastlands would be nice, uh, and and yeah, like other than that, it's everything else is Modern Horizons too
0: yeah that's that is kind of one of the concerns i will say i i don't really understand the rhyme or reason of what gets borderless art and what doesn't like the mimeoplasm does enchanter gang brothers doesn't Cedarus does and then you know like kervik doesn't so i i don't know i don't know how they decided because a lot of very similar cards some of them get the new art in the borderless print and then other ones don't get any new art so i don't know how they figured that out for me though Force of Negation, I think, is the biggest single card. And then I'm also if we can't get Fetchlands, the fast lands would be really helpful. And I would also just accept like uh, Stoneforge coming back at rare would be helpful. That sees a lot of playing modern right now. Uh, even like oddly mox amber is like almost fifty But Remember when we laughed at Mox Amber and called it the worst mox ever, and now it's like one of the ten most expensive cards or something in modern because it sees playing combo decks. So more stuff Thanks, like that combo would be Anything, anything that is going to see play in modern, even just the rest of the modern horizons, one cycle, we got seasoned pyromancer, but like Urza, ranger, captain of Eos, Yagmoth. I know it's not like a true cycle, but that cycle of cards would that would make me really happy. So just anything that can help bring the cost down to modern decks would be really, really beneficial.
2: I think, I think one that I I, like, I I guess modern players wouldn't like need it because you can't play it there, but force of will, that'd be nice.
0: Yeah. You know, you know that's a good one that walks the line too between like commander players want it and yeah. legacy players want it. So that one like makes a lot of people happy. But well, we'll see. We should have the full set on Friday, so we can discuss all the EV and all this stuff in full next podcast. But uh, <laughs> let's keep moving on. Crim, we got some news about uh about Post Malone this week.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what
0: uh what did uh what did Posty do?
2: So it seems that Posty went on to Howard Stern. And on Howard Stern, like, you know, uh, Howard Stern asks Posty, uh, what's the most uh, he's ever spent on a magic card? And uh, Posty honestly answered, and it was $800,000 on an artist proof signed by Christopher Rush Black Lotus. So, Yeah. $800,000. Uh, you know, I, I got to say, like, when you want it, you do, like, go get it, I guess. And and Posty did exactly go and did that. And wow, it is. I think I almost fell over. I was like, oh, 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 oh,
0: oh, oh that's so much money. <laughs> uh I mean that's that's also got to be incredibly rare. Like black lotuses are already the most eh, the most iconic card in Magic and incredibly scarce. And then this is an artist proof and it's signed. When you add that together, this might be a, a one of one or one of a very small number of these cards in existence. Kind of the funny thing is I don't think artist proofs are actually even tournament legal technically. They're bl- <laughs> aren't aren't they blank backed. So, yeah, they're, they're blank. Bl- yeah, the back is blank. It's- so I, I don't think it's even technically tournament legal. But wow, what a what a card i don't know if it's legal in that like giant block of
2: ice he probably has it in (laughs) (laughs) i don't think you're playing it anyways right like (laughs) like yeah like that's that's kind of wild it's kind of just like uh like artwork or something at this point right right you just hang it there yeah that's it i I don't look at power and and all of that stuff as anything more than just like if I wanted to have fancy artwork like the, the Mona Lisa and whatnot, like it hanging in my place. So
0: like, yeah, like it, that, that's how I view it. Cause I'm definitely not playing it. That's for sure. Is this the most that either of you know of someone paying for a magic card? I've been trying to think. Is there anything? I'm sure there's some like test print proof one of one Mark Rosewater's wedding announcement card or something that would be absurdly expensive, but. I can't think of another time I've heard of an eight hundred thousand dollar card.
2: I can't think of a time either. So I think I'm going to go with this. Like the the prior to this, I think it was like four hundred thousand or something. for? Like a black for like lotus For There was a black lotus or something. There was a yeah. five hundred thousand PSA ten alpha. There lotus. it is. There it is. That's what it was.
1: It was Which Post also
0: bid on. By the way, I think he lost it. <laughs> <laughs> what? So this, this this was his fallback. Like, oh, all right, I'll get the artist proof. So I, so I don't know if this is a meme or not, but
1: the person who won it outbid Post Malone and then sold it to him after. So I think Post ended up with it anyway. But I I, don't, I haven't verified this one. But there was a 500k Lotus sold. Yeah,
2: that I like. Yeah, so we know that there was a 500k. So I, I mean I don't know about the post part, but like yeah, like like that's that's great.
0: Uh, all right, we also got some. Big Magic news, I guess, tournament news or community news. We got got stuff coming back. It's the 30th anniversary of Magic next year, sort of, but we're getting a head start on it. Richard, what do Wizards announce is coming up this fall? All right. Magic 30th anniversary uh, is
1: coming, and it's going to be a year-long celebration, and we're starting the party with a blowout event in Vegas. So uh, tickets go on sale in July. Uh, They're going to get more details But there will be virtual tickets, so you can participate if you're at home. Uh, Or single-day general admission starting at 75. Uh, Highlights include a modern tournament that feeds into a top-8 beta draft. Uh, The return of the Command Zone, Infinity Events, uh, Magic Cosplay, parties, Magic Worlds Championship, uh, an exclusive secret lair, panels, interviews, and special content. Featuring the very people who make Magic the Gathering and Mystery Booster drafts. Uh, so Magic Fest Vegas uh, with a top eight beta draft coming. coming, And then there's also going to be other stops along the way. Uh, they've also listed North Carolina in February. And there will be more after, but they haven't listed that. But yeah big Vegas event for Magic
0: 30th year. That sounds so spectacular. I know uh, we were there at the Vegas when they did the first beta draft. That was one Ooh, of the coolest yeah. Magic things I've watched. Like, that was just such a cool moment. It was so fun to watch, so unique. So I'm really excited to see that coming back. And I mean, it seems just like a good time. I always have fun when I go to Magic events in Vegas anyway, but it seems like a really cool weekend and it's nice to be able to get back together even though even though I took the the tournament risk and went to uh Richmond and then immediately got COVID it's still (laughs) sweet that we can get together and play Magic now after a couple of uh of long years off so do you think either one of you are gonna go to this what uh what are you thinking about that
2: I want to I don't like, like it's in it's in October
0: yeah, it's like around Halloween, like just yeah. before oh, Halloween.
2: Yeah. Oh it, yeah, It's Halloween. That's right. Uh it's like the day before. I mean, I want to. I don't know. We we'll, we'll, we'll see. I like I I it sounds really fun. Uh obviously the being in Vegas, seeing friends, that's always nice. Yeah, I think being in Vegas makes this very
1: appealing, right? Because Yeah. It's Vegas, right? There's lots of food. There's lots of things to do. There's you know, it's 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 a big event, right? So I think the return to Vegas means a lot of people are, are gonna go to this. I, I will say it it's a little disappointing for a 30th year anniversary. Like there's nothing really special happening here, right? It seems like just any other Magic Fest, but maybe that's good because it's in Vegas, then you can go do other Vegasy things. Uh but the the main draw will be meeting everyone like meeting the community and having people because it's vegas you'll have people from all over the world coming in uh so it should be a fun celebration so i think i think there'll be a lot of people going and maybe it even sells out i don't know there must be some capacity limit to this uh and i'm curious what the virtual ticket is that <sighs> so we can watch making of magic panels online like what are we doing exactly with the virtual ticket online my guess is it lets you buy a secret layer Uh, And that's
0: (laughs) that's what people will use it for. But I I don't know. I'm curious what we do with this. I'm on board. I I was going to ask that was the next thing I was actually going to ask. And also, I'll say, like, traditionally, Vegas is the one that everyone goes to. So if you're the type of person who wants to meet as many people as possible, but you only want to go to one event each year traditionally, that's GP Vegas, Magic Fest Vegas, whatever the name happens to be. Like, Vegas is the one that draws people in. So it's definitely one that I have marked on my calendar as one that could potentially be fun to go to. So we'll see as it gets closer, but I think this will be a big one. Do you think people are going to pay for that virtual pass, though? Is this a normal thing? Like, I don't follow a ton of other esports when League of Legends or whatever company does an event like this. Is it normal for them to charge people an amount of money to watch a stream? Essentially, is what it sounds like. You know,
2: they oh, b- there's I mean, the this BlizzCon like to like a
1: like a Comic Con virtual pass or a BlizzCon virtual pass or something, right? Rather than an esports event. But like, well, what, 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 okay. what about what about BlizzCon? Get, yeah, what do you get for a BlizzCon virtual
2: pass? I don't even know. You get to just watch uh, like, you know, like the reveals and all that stuff and everything that's going on. So like, oh, you get to see the new Diablo game and how they managed to make the monetization hilariously bad and and (laughs) things like that. No, I don't speak.
1: Like the, it, it makes sense because there's a lot of exclusive content at those ones, but there's like no exclusive content at a Magic Fest, right? Yeah, it's it's gotta be the
0: secret it's layer, gotta be right? Secret that's layer. Gotta be you need the pass to buy secret layer. I think that's what it's gonna be, and that's how they're gonna sell it. Because it would be very disappointing if you had to pay 30 bucks to watch worlds like if if they're trying to charge to like watch the stream of worlds or something that would really rub me the wrong way so I hope you're, you're paying to get extras and there'll be a stream of worlds for everyone to watch but then if you pay the thirty bucks you can get a secret layer drop or see behind the scenes stuff that maybe you couldn't see otherwise or something, but I hope the whole thing is not paywalled, because that's kind of a expensive ticket. Maybe the top eight beta drafts is paywalled. Okay, I could see that. If you're doing different stuff that wouldn't normally be on stream, I mean I guess still I guess I would like it to be free if I had my choice. Well I could right? I could see the justification. They streamed it. I yeah, remember it was part watching of the, the stream Grand Grand after the coverage, fact. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. Maybe maybe is this some some person with a GoPro at the Friday night
0: party, <laughs> and you get oh, to participate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that could that could be sweet. Well, it'll it'll be interesting, and we'll get more information in July. I think they said it. It seemed like they kind of Put this together really quickly, and uh, there's not like an invite list that's out yet for the most part or anything. So, we're supposed to be getting more information uh, in the not super distant future. Uh, All right, I got one other topic for y'all before we answer fish mail. Uh, So, we got some more data about what formats are being played on Magic Arena, and this comes from untapped.dg, which is an arena tracker. And then they track the formats that are played by people that sign up for their tracker, essentially. So, it's not every single arena player. It's a subset of arena players who use Untapped.gg, but the numbers are pretty stark. This was from the end of April through June 6th, so a couple weeks ago. Uh, Standard, and this is best of one, best of three combined, and rounded to the nearest whatever, but standard 2 million matches played, Explorer 500,000 matches played, Historic Brawl 360k, Historic 250K, Alchemy 42K. So I have two questions. First, what do you make of these numbers? And second, how much weight do you put in these numbers? Like how good of a sample is Untap.gg users? Let's say we could see all the data. We had the internal Wizards data, which I'm sure they have of every single match that's played by every single player. Do you think it would look much different than this percentage-wise, as far as what formats people are playing? I I would believe that
2: that that yeah. There's definitely a lot of info that like isn't re- like talked about or shown on these uh, untapped.gg numbers. So I think
1: for our purposes, these are roughly accurate, and for our purposes, I mean. When we when when we podcast right, we we were talking to people that are fairly enfranchised in the game right, and they're like quite serious mm-hmm. players, and you know, you might call them spikes or semi-spikes or any. Like if you're just watching Magic content or following Magic content, you know you're you're quite invested. So I would think this is roughly correct, right? Like people who go out of their way to track data and install Untap GG app, they like to play these formats: standards, most popular, followed by Explorer. And now that's going to be different from people who just play on their phone and never read, like, any piece of content, don't know what the meta is, don't know what a mana base is, you know, things like that. Like, that's going to be a different audience. Uh, so I think the total data will be different. But I think, like, for enfranchised Magic players, I think this this should be roughly correct.
0: That That was kind of my thinking, like... It would be different overall because the people who are using untapped are gotta be some of the most dedicated players. So it's gotta be the whales. It's gotta be the hardcore free to play grinder. It's like people who are playing arena a lot. If you're someone who has gotten to the stage of finding out what untapped.gg is and installing it and using it to track your matches, you gotta be in the top. Some percent, I don't know what that percent is, 5%, 1% of Magic Arena players as far as how dedicated you are. So there is a huge group that's missing, and I'm sure if you look at all the new players and all the mobile players, it is going to change the numbers to some extent, but I still think these numbers do have value, especially for, like Richard said, for people creating content or for other enfranchised players, because this is kind of what that group, I think, is doing. And I think if you could expand that out to all the enfranchised players, the numbers would probably look roughly the same. I think as far as judging what the most dedicated enfranchised players are playing, this is probably about right. So what do you think of these actual numbers? What do you think about, I guess the two things that stuck out is, explorer at least with this group of heavily enfranchised players is pretty popular like it immediately jumped up to second place behind standard right after release and is like double historic and then alchemy almost doesn't exist like 42k compared to standard at 2 million that's a huge huge ridiculously big difference what do you think about this? What does this say about Arena and the formats people play? Is that... I mean, it, it's not a
2: surprise, right? I mean, when we went into, uh, th- like, talking about just, like, digital cards, right? People don't like digital cards. So, I think I think that was expected when it came to, uh, like, the alchemy side of things. Explorer, I mean, I also kind of expected that to do well because it's the closest thing we're going to get to Pioneer. And Pioneer is, like, really fun right now. It's super popular. Uh, so... This is the closest thing we can get as a bun- as arena players. So yeah, I I I am I'm happy that these numbers uh I mean at least the the explorer side of things is doing real well. Um just because yeah, I I want pioneer on arena. I want to play I mean I want to hurry up and get to actual pioneer. Uh but yeah, like it's what I'm I I got for now and I I love it. Yeah, I the, think the, no one
1: likes digital cards, or I guess in franchise uh, play. And it, it makes sense, right? Like digital cards have more variance to them. Um, they're not, quote unquote, real magic. Like you, you don't have the paper data to help back you up uh, with the digital cards. So the more franchised you are, I think the less you like digital cards. And it's it, it's kind of reflecting here. Um, I, the real question is like, what did it look like before digital cards were released? Right. Like was historic, more popular um, or did people just join the Explorer bandwagon from Pioneer or did they like siphon off from historic? Um, but yeah, I think no, no digital cards.
0: I would I would also love to see if Explorer actually brought people back to Arena because I know people have said that. People at the stream or on social media said they quit because of Alchemy and Digital Only cards and Historic, but then when Explorer came out, they said, oh, okay, I'm going to come back and play this new format because it doesn't have those cards. So I'm curious if that actually brought more people into Arena or back to Arena. As far as the rankings, though, the actual order doesn't surprise me, but Alchemy at 42k, Uh, That surprises me. That would mean that for every one game of Alchemy played, there's 47 games of standard played. Like, that's uh, I don't know. That surprises me. Like, I knew Alchemy wasn't the most popular format and I expected it to be near the bottom, but I don't think I expected it to be that far at the bottom where it's like 2% of games played or something like just uh, absurdly low. I wonder if that'll change. Like, we're getting into the big Alchemy push. They're releasing the Alchemy Horizon set. It's going to be on the Mastery Pass. I think it's going to be really telling. If we look at these numbers uh, the end of August, maybe a couple of months from now, I think that's going to determine whether Alchemy, like actually remains a somewhat viable format or if it just disappears because if this summer doesn't increase that number and get people playing alchemy I, I guess that's it like what more can wizards do that they aren't doing this summer with alchemy horizons and with all the support it's getting so i think it's really a make or break couple of months here leading into standard rotation in september for the alchemy format like an existential crisis really for this format and whether people are going to play it do you think it will? Do you think? Do you think we'll be talking about alchemy differently by the end of the summer, or do you expect that this just is what it is?
2: I, I think at this point, <clears throat> it would probably take a lot, for, and I mean a lot, for us to be talking about alchemy. Uh, there, there has to be something entirely different. So, something that you couldn't get from just like uh, they would have to do more. I don't know, Commander Legends drafts or something like that through alchemy. I, I think
1: it's dead. Uh, they they need to give it away for free and even then i don't know if people will play it uh, so i i think the the their reputation has been ruined like it, it's clear that like paper players don't like digital only cards and not only that but its reputation is already ruined so i don't know how they fix this short of just giving it away for free and hoping people are so bored that they play it um and i you know knowing watsi they won't right so i think it's dead and i don't know why they keep investing in it so the the only the only saving grace is that data is wrong right like maybe if you're a casual player and you're just trying to do your daily grind get your gold or whatever everyone plays alchemy right and that you know there's actually a lot of alchemy happening just not through enfranchised players that would be the only saving grace
0: for alchemy and i think that's true to some extent in part because of just how Arena is set up and how, like, the new player experience stuff is Alchemy now for a lot of it. So I think if you looked at the player base as a whole, uh, it, I'm sure Alchemy performs somewhat better. Although, whether that's because less franchise players are, like, choosing Alchemy because they love it or because Arena is kind of funneling them into that and they don't know better... I think that's that's up for debate still. Like, but I do think the alchemy would probably look a little bit better at least compared uh, on a wizard's internal data that sees everything compared to the franchise player data that we have. But yeah, I, I I agree with Richard. I think they just really have to give it away or something close to giving it away to try to get people into this format if they want it to succeed long term. Like, this is the time if you were ever going to take drastic efforts uh, actions to try to save this format. This is the time to do it. A year from now it's going to be too late and we're going to see it just like completely fizzle away so if wizards does want to see it succeed make your move now make your move now do what you can to get people to try this format otherwise just forget about it and give us pioneer masters or something (laughs) i would would also be fine with that (laughs) uh anyway i think those are all of our topics for today which means it's time for some fish mail richard take it away all right, if you have questions, send them to at
1: mpggoldfish with the hashtag mpgfishmail. and going get to your questions on air. Uh, Hato200, with no changes to modern for multiple BNRs, I feel it's obvious it's time to unban. Uh, Deathrite Shaman feels like the obvious choice, but do you think they'll spring for two unbans? I think we need more unbans, but their rate is too slow for an MH2-dominated modern.
0: I very much agree with this um a while ago a few months ago now i actually did a did an article that was tier ranking the ban list maybe it's like 6 months ago now and i ended up with almost 10 cards, like eight cards that I felt pretty comfortable with Wizards unmanning, or at least giving a test run. And I think that that's one way that Wizards can shake up the format a little bit. Can, uh, with Modern Horizons 2 being so powerful, being so heavily played, I really think it's time to reevaluate the cards on the ban list. I think the Deathrite is very high on my list. I have Birthing Pod Splinter Twin, you could argue about that being possible. Hypergenesis, I honestly, with so many Cascade decks, now i don't know if i'm more scared of hypergenesis than i am of what's already happening in the format green sun zenith i could see an argument for there's a lot of cards that i think are worth at least having a conversation about so i would totally love to see more modern unbannings quicker modern unbannings starting with death right shaman i don't know you were anti death right right richard as far as unbanning it are you are you still with modern in its current state uh, against the unbanning <sighs>
1: I don't know. So, so Deathrite does like nothing against like half the field. But the question is, does it coalesce like every mid rangey deck into Golgari colors or one of the two colors? No, I don't know. But like, graveyard hate on it is pretty good. So I feel like we kind of need it. But. I don't know. Is John gonna be good? I don't think so. <laughs> like, like you know what I mean. Like, I think you would just use this in like the question is like, what broken deck currently exists that will like abuse death right even further? And
2: I'm not sure. But I mean, like, wouldn't you say it's needed? I feel like it's probably needed, right? Right now, it's like, needed. But I like-,
1: like so like I I like to see mid range in the format, like real mid range, right? But the question is like, if you do this, will you make like everything a death right deck i don't see that happening so i feel that's safe right just like when we unban stoneforge like it didn't really do anything right so i feel death right's kind of the same um but i don't know like is it still too far? Power- i think we've power kept death right shaman is that is that a thing <laughs> have, have we power kept <laughs> death right shaman the one mana one two that
0: has like a million abilities
2: the first one I, mana planeswalker
0: maybe it would change if it was actually reprinted and i played against it all the time but on paper death rate does not scare me compared to Ragavon's and some of the other stuff that's going on early in the game in yeah. the modern format these days like i'm dying to colossus hammers on turn two i'm getting murktide region on turn two like really you're gonna drain me for for two like hey god you got me death right like way to go buddy like i don't know it doesn't it doesn't seem that frightening to me i do think there's a risk of like Maybe it being the best mid range card or like pushing everything into one color. Although I will say it also taxes your Renin sixes, which is something I hadn't really thought about before. In a deck like John, like those are very Renin six heavy decks, and having Death Rite eating the lands from your graveyard and Ren wanting to get the lands back from your graveyard, that is a little pinch that I think is going to be kind of awkward if that actually did happen. But anything beyond Death Rite that you'd really like to see come off the ban list while we're on the topic? Come it's- off the ban list. Done. I know Glimpse of Nature is also very high on uh we have so many two mana versions of Glimpse of Nature and they all see stone zero zero play and elves is like tier, I don't even know, four or something. Like it's it's not really even a deck in modern at this point. So I would like to see Glimpse come off the ban list. And I don't know if combo elves breaks everything when you ban it again, but I think considering that the two mana versions are just like not even playable a little bit. Why not give the one-mana version a try and see?
2: Can we can we unban Mental Misstep yet and ponder and preordain?
0: <laughs> oh no, don't I actually think mental misstep. Oh, I would like to see one of Ponder and Preordain get unbanned. Yeah. Although, I don't know if I want to do it why Merc is the best deck in the world. That's, that's also fair. <laughs> like, uh, the timing's <laughs> a little bit awkward. That's but I do think fair. one of those
2: would be safe to unban. I mean, but like l- legit though, I-, I feel like it'd be... Okay, would Jite be too broken right now? No. Definitely
1: not. I mean, so so, here's, so will it make... The, the the same problem, right? So against basically 75% of the field, which is unfair decks, Jite is Stone Cold nothing and you will die anyway. But if you're a mid-range deck and you play a Stone Force Jite deck, like, good luck. Right? Like, you, yeah, you're not beating that, done. right? So if you want to play mid-range, you need to play Jite now. And that's the only mid-range option you have. Um I don't. I don't know. It's kind of like older formats where, like, if you want to play like a slower deck, it has to be a stacks deck because that's the only way you survive against like every combo deck in the format. So this is like the opposite where, if you want to win the mid range battles, but like maybe like Deathrite balances out the GTA. right? So you're you're pulled towards Deathrite or you're pulled towards Stoneforge. But I still feel like none of this matters because combo decks will reign supreme, right? And like, yes, yeah. you know, you're your Jun deck becomes white or something, Abzan, and you play Stone Force Jitae or something, but who cares? Like, everyone is still turn two killing you anyway. So, I don't know. I feel like some of these, like, don't matter, but they only matter to a certain subset of... Matches.
0: Yeah, Punishing Fire is very similar to that too. Like, against a huge percentage of decks, it's like, sure, whatever, shock me for three mana as many times as you want. I'm just going to combo you. But then if you're playing like Merfolk or something, like, you do just, (laughs) you do just kind of randomly get wrecked. And those decks already are suffering so much. Like, that would be my concern with Punishing Fire and you taking cards like that is. We want mid-range and like creaturey tribal decks and stuff to be better in the format because those decks are all so bad right now. So even though those cards I think would be safe against the top of the meta, it might just be the final nail in the coffin of some of those archetypes that I think most people would rather see improve and be a part of the format rather than get even worse.
1: I think just unban all the cards and then just ban them back, right? Like I think a lot of these are safe and i think we'll never know we'll just sit here and say what if like what if they just like does anyone care to preserve the current modern meta like if not then just unban like 10 cards and then start banning the problematic cards again
0: just don't don't unban the stuff that was printed in like the last three years i don't want to do it again (laughs) let's go hogak is back
1: (laughs) although is hogak even good anymore (laughs) i don't know
0: uh, who, who knows these days modern it's Will a, a, it's just a, eats a solitude place. now or something right like who cares <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that, maybe maybe it's fine yeah
1: <laughs> all right um solid gold toilet i just purchased secret rendezvous from a mono white commander deck so my question is simple richard are you happy now <laughs> Took so long for mono white players. Now the secret solid gold toilet is to put it in all your decks, including Azorius decks and five color <gasps> decks. No,
0: then that's that's uh-oh. not. Then, <laughs> then you have <laughs> a- attained enlightenment.
1: You have attained
0: enlightenment at that point.
1: You, you have... have. I don't know
0: if I ever want to be that enlightened. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you. You'll, you'll see. You'll see. Uh, Rod Belovsky, voting with wallets. We keep saying every set or major master set that whoa, uh, this is it. It's more expensive. The only way to stop them is to vote with our wallets and not buy it. So why has this never happened?
0: Ah, uh, because magic's super addictive and fun. <laughs> and when it comes down to it, like it's easy. It's very easy to say like we should do this, but then when it comes to actually putting that into action it is much much harder and the thing is you need a critical mass of people to join you to make it worth it like there are people that quit arena because of alchemy cards or whatever as a small example but that doesn't really matter like you need a ton of people that are actually joining you and doing that for it to actually make an impact on the bottom line and i just don't know if it's possible to actually organize have the community be that organized and coalesce behind something like that Homer will be so happy this is ristic study in real life right?
1: It works if everyone does it. Everyone's like, I'm not going to buy anything, right? But then one person is like, well, people are going to buy this product anyway, so I might as well I mean, get the reprints yeah. I need while they're cheap, yeah. right? Because people are going to buy it anyway. And then everyone else ends up buying it, and then it you know, turns out to be the best-selling secret layer or double masters like, ever, and Wizards is like, great, we'll just keep doing it, right? So... This is exactly <laughs> that kind of game theory. Like everyone needs to stop buying, but then you're like, oh, I need I need that one dockside. I need that one Raghavan. You know, I got I gotta do it, right? And then Wizards gets the confirmation they need, right? It works. Right? Like four-pack collector booster boxes seems like a meme. People are gonna buy that up anyway. Right? Yeah, and wizards will make more money than they've ever made before, and it'll be a smashing success. So yeah, it's good. You gotta you gotta have discipline. And discipline is hard because
2: uh we're all addicted. I've been seeing that. Like people are like, Oh, I've I've already purchased some boxes of, of double masters. I'm like, Oh, that's so much for so little. <laughs> I w I
1: wanna see the world's you know you know how on YouTube people make like the the largest pack openings or something? I wanna see someone open like a thousand double
0: masters collector boosters or oh, something. Just God. like some obscene amount. That is going to be a <laughs> very difficult thing to do <laughs> well uh, may, maybe maybe post malone oh we'll, yeah, we'll ask yeah, post. yeah yeah <laughs> how yeah many, how many
1: yeah he's like i want i can only afford one pack it's <laughs> <serious."> <laughs> wizards
0: has gone too far
1: uh all right so that's all the time we have for fish meal this week thank you to everyone who sent in questions if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag
0: mtgfishmail, and we get to your questions on air and I believe that brings us to the end of episode 386 of the MTG Old Fish Podcast. So, Richard Cram, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about the rest of Double Masters and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a lovely week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out.